This is the Race Hubs Pit Report Podcast with Brad Huber and Chris Wilner. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Racing Hubs Pit Report. I'm Brad Huber. Chris Wilner can't be with us uh, this week as he is flying actually here to Indianapolis to get ready for a wedding. And then he will be with Maggie, his fiancée. We'll be looking and getting ready for their wedding next year as well. So I'm Brad Huber here in Indianapolis. It will just be me here tonight. No guests either. It's been a very busy week as I do public address announcing for Monrovia Volleyball. So I've had that on Monday and Tuesday. So today the only time I can record the show is Ball State Football gets underway tomorrow as well on Thursday. And I will be up there for that game. So both of us, very busy weeks, just looking to get this show and then also uh, pass along all of the latest news, and we'll talk about that as well here in what will be a much shorter edition of the Racing Hubs Pit Report than normal. And then Chris will be back next week when we get ready to recap the Southern 500 and the triple header weekend at the Darlington Raceway for NASCAR as well as Silver Crown Midgets and its race week. In Indianapolis for the U.S. Nationals at Lucas Oil Raceway. We talked to General Manager Casey Kohler about that a few weeks ago. So, drag racing, as they call it, the big go in town this weekend for the U.S. Nationals, the NHRA. It's uh, the Indianapolis 500 of drag racing. If you have not gone to that event, I suggest that you try it once. I did a couple of years ago, and uh, the power of those cars are absolutely phenomenal as I know, especially with the funny car and also the top fuel cars, when those things go, the power in those cars are unbelievable. And you can feel the vibrations going through your body in the stands. So the U.S. Nationals coming up this week, I know we don't talk a lot about drag racing on this show, but because it's in Indianapolis and because it's the big go and because it's the Indianapolis 500 of drag racing, uh, that is coming up this week as well, beginning really today and then going through Sunday. But a lot of news to get to, and then we'll recap the races of last week. Also, a test going on uh, this week for Jimmy Johnson at the Texas Motor Speedway. We'll talk about that. And also possibly an upcoming test at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for IndyCar and the tire test coming up in October. We'll talk about that. Also, recap the Kokomo SmackDown. But a lot of news to get to, and we'll start. And this is quite interesting, but NASCAR is partnering with DoorDash and Virtual Dining Concepts for Ghost Kitchen brand NASCAR Refuel, where users can get tracks concessions delivered to them from across the country. So notable, famous foods at racetracks across the country. You can order on DoorDash, and I would look online for more specifics on where they delivered to and how you can get these foods. But, you know, the most notable food, I think, in racing is the famous hot dog at Martinsville Speedway, and those are quite good, by the way. Those are not on this initially, I don't think. Hopefully, they should be added to this uh, before too long, but I know Darlington has a famous food, as does Talladega. I'm looking forward to trying the Darlington famous food. I think it's like a burger of some sort, so uh, if you know, you can uh, tweet me at brhuber1070, but I'm looking forward to trying the famous food at Darlington. I'll talk about my trip coming up to Darlington here in a little bit as well. So, you know, DoorDash becoming quite popular across the country, and you could perhaps order your famous food. I know the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's the Tenderloin. So maybe they'll add the Tenderloin to this, and 
You can uh, order a tenderloin from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway via the virtual dining concepts and the Ghost Kitchen brand if you want to have it for dinner or lunch or what have you one night. So uh, that's interesting. We'll keep an eye on that as that concept and that business, if you will, will continue to go forward. So it should be quite interesting uh, for that. Uh, we'll stand in the NASCAR front. Kurt Busch, some silly season news, both on IndyCar and NASCAR. We'll start in NASCAR. Kurt Busch will drive the number 45 car for 23XI Racing next year. Monster Energy, the sponsor, which has been with him the last several years at Ganassi Racing, will go with him. Of course, Kurt Busch, the one driver left out of the Trackhouse-Ganassi merger, if you will, as Ross Chastain, his current Ganassi teammate, Got the second ride at Trackhouse Racing, of course, owned by Justin Marks and Pitbull. The other being Daniel Suarez, who is the current Trackhouse driver. But Kurt Busch got this ride with 23XI Racing. That will be a second car. That team owned by Denny Hamlin and former basketball superstar Michael Jordan. Bob Pachris of the of Fox Sports reporting that 23XI Racing will do a deal with Front Row Motorsports for their charters. One for the 45 car and the other they will lease out to other teams. Front Row Motorsports has currently Michael McDowell, who won the Daytona 500 this year. Reports are right now they remain full-time in the truck series and possibly do some Xfinity. So Front Row Motorsports, of course, owned by Bob Jenkins, that perhaps could be going away as well. And Michael McDowell, the Daytona 500 winner this year and also who will be in the playoffs for the first time, he expects to remain with the team. And in what role, he's not so sure yet or in what series he might be racing on. So we'll have to keep an eye on Michael McDowell in the coming weeks. So, will Bubba Wallace be in the 23 car, Kurt Busch's teammate? I think that's yet to be determined as well, as that's not quite yet a done deal. They've struggled a little bit this year. Now, granted, that does happen with new teams. So, we'll see if Bubba Wallace stays with that team, that Toyota. It's interesting. Kurt Busch has driven a Ford, a Chevrolet, and now to a Toyota. So, this will be the third different manufacturer that Kurt Busch will have driven for as uh, he's will be making his 22nd season in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2022. But I know Monster Energy is a big supporter of him as they move from the Ganassi Chevrolet to the 23XI Toyota here next year. And speaking of NASCAR and other news, uh, they showed a picture of what Kurt Busch's car would look like next year, but it was with the numbers slid up closer to the front tires, which apparently is what it will look like when NASCAR has their new generation car beginning next year. The numbers will be slid up closer to the front tires and make more room for sponsorships near the center of the car and the rear of that side uh, panel of that race car. So, you know, we saw it in the all-star race Last year at Bristol, where the numbers were slid to the real rear tires of the car, and fans uh, reacted to that, weren't big fans of these. I'm not so sure fans are going to be supporters of this change either, as I know all the fans used to seeing the numbers on the side of the car is right down the middle, right by the driver's side door of these race cars. So they will be moving their numbers to the front tire to make room for more sponsors in NASCAR 2022. So that'll be interesting to see how those look like with the new cars of next year, the next-gen cars, and what the fans... But I think already the fans are taking quite a negative approach to that change. So we'll see as they come reality in 2022. 
Alpha Prime Racing, two debut next year with Cesar Baccarelli and Tommy Joe Martins. Ray Jacques Carruth will run part-time in the Xfinity Series and full-time in the ARCA schedule next year. So some news there with a new team coming to the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Cesar Baccarelli and Tommy Joe Martins will be the co-owner of that, both of whom run trucks and Xfinity Series races. Roger Carruth in the ARCA Series, he will run part-time in Xfinity next year. So good opportunity for him. Of course, he is kind of an Indian driver, so to add some minority to the sport is always a good thing as well. And that's all the news I see as far as NASCAR front is concerned this last week or so. And we'll get into recapping the regular season finale from the NASCAR Cup Series at Daytona. And also a wild finish to the NASCAR Xfinity race. A three-wide finish. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But let's move over to some IndyCar Series news. And some silly season news breaking here. Romain Grosjean, of course, currently with Dale Coyne Racing slash Rick Ware Racing. He will take over that number 28 car for Andretti Autosport in 2022 with teammates Colton Herta and Alexander Rossi. So that's the third driver announcement for Andretti Autosport and the Honda for next year. So Ryan Hunter Ray, as widely speculated, will be leaving that ride and be looking for a ride on his own. And we'll do some speculations here in a little bit. Just talk about who we think might end up where. Uh, still a lot of announcements to be made and a lot of drivers out there. And, you know, it's going to be trying to play that matching game of rides available with drivers that don't have rides. So we'll try to play that game as well. Uh, this week and next week was trying to get somebody from the IndyCar Radio Network, like Nick Yolman or somebody like that, to speculate on that game. But, you know, we'll try to play it here a little bit to try to match up rides for 2022. And, you know, it's it's... A podcast. It's a talk show. We can speculate a little bit as well as give out the news. So we'll do that here in just a moment once we get through other news stories. But another Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing car, the 45 High V car, which Santino Ferrucci has been in for a good part of the season. Oliver Askew, who filled in at Detroit, he will drive that car for the remaining three races of 2021. So could Oliver Askew be back in IndyCar full time? That remains to be seen, but he will be in that car for Ray Hall Leatherman Lanigan Racing for the final three races of 2021, beginning a week from Sunday at Portland. And then they will head to Laguna Seca and then Long Beach at the end of September to finish out the season. So Oliver Askew, who's been doing some sports car racing as well in IMSA, I think he may have done the 24 Hours of Le Mans, I believe. He will be back in IndyCar for the last three races of the season and perhaps is it a tryout for 2022. We'll have to wait and see. And some other news, Callum Allot. Uh, not a lot of many people here in the United States know that name, Callum Allot. He'll make his IndyCar debut in the Hunkos Hollinger number 77 at Portland. That was a ride we knew of the sponsor and the number last week when we talked, when Chris and I talked the last week. But we now know Callum Allot. He is currently a reserve and test driver for Alfa Romero and also Ferrari. In Formula 1, has done Formula 2 as well. So he'll get a shot as he'll run that car at Portland coming up next Sunday for that team by Ricardo Juncos and Rich Hollinger. So that should be a lot of fun to pay attention to as well as a new driver into IndyCar. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see who else might come over. Could Kimi Raikkonen, who announced today that he will be leaving F1, retiring from F1 at the end of the season. Could he tr- want to come over to IndyCar? That's something we'll keep an eye on as well as the kind of the road from F1 to IndyCar continues. Romain Grosjean, 
Now, Kyle Malott. We've seen it with other guys, Marcus Erickson, to name a few. Could that continue? We will see as well. So that's some uh, cool news there. Miles Rowe and Forest Indy team, which is a minority team made up of all African-Americans on that team. They got their first USF 2000 win at New Jersey Motorsports Park last weekend. And Miles Rowe, congratulations to him, a 19-year-old, a first African-American to win in the Road to Indy program. And he passed points leader Kiko Porto late in that race to get the win. So congratulations to Forest Indy, which is a big step to try to get Minorities into motorsports. And Miles Rowe getting that win at New Jersey Motorsports Park in the USF 2000 in that ladder in the Road to Indy program. So a big historic win for Forest Indy Miles Rowe and the USF 2000. And then we'll get into testing. Firestone will have a tire test at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on October 8th. And could we potentially see guys like Jimmy Johnson and Romain Grosjean complete the rookie orientation program? Both would be eligible to do so. Jimmy Johnson tested on Monday at the Texas Motor Speedway for Chip Ganassi Racing. He, of course, had all kinds of help there and advice from Dario Franchitti, Tony Kanan, Scott Dixon, and Chip Ganassi himself, all there helping Jimmy Johnson get his first taste of an IndyCar on an oval. He did do laps over 214 miles an hour. There weren't, it wasn't any official lap times, but Jimmy Johnson, he did a morning test on Monday, and could that set him up for an October test at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which would be the next step in the road to the Indianapolis 500 for him. Right now, Tony Kanaan still slated to drive the 48 car in the 500 and the oval races in 2022, but Jimmy Johnson, he may... Get involved in that test. That's a story we will continue to follow in the weeks to come. I know he wants to talk it over with his family, his wife, his daughters. They are supportive of him, especially with the new safety advancements in IndyCar, like that windscreen, which has protected many drivers lately. So we'll see if Jimmy Johnson and Romain Grosjean, who ran his first oval race at the Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway back in... Uh, well, a week and a half ago now, at the end of August, and had a 13th place finish. So could those two get involved in the tire test at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and complete their rookie orientation program, which would then allow them to practice with everybody when we would get to May and the official practice opening for the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500 next year. So those are the stories we will continue to follow. And that's the news of the week from the world of motorsports. Uh, silly season continues. I said we do some speculations of drivers and on the IndyCar front especially. Uh, as we look at rides potentially open for 2022, that Carlin number 59 car, which recently and in recent years has been Max Chilton on the road and street courses and the Indianapolis 500 and Connor Daly on the other ovals. Could that continue? We'll have to wait and see. We just kind of talked about the Hunkos Hollinger car and that it would be Callum Allott at Portland this year. Will they have one full-time driver? Will it be multiple drivers? We'll have to wait and see on that, but we know the Hunko's number 77 car will be a full-time team in 2022. Who that driver might be, we will have to wait and see. Of course, Kyle Kaiser is known for bumping out McLaren and Fernando Alonso at the end of the 2019 Indianapolis 500, and he's kind of been the known name at 
at Hunko's Racing over the last several years. So could he get another opportunity? He's been doing sports cars as well. Myershank Racing, that number 60 car that Jack Harvey is vacating. Could that be Simon Pagano? We'll have to wait and see. Simon Pagano is going to be leaving that Penske car. Could those two be doing a flip-flop? Could Jack Harvey be going to Team Penske? And Simon Pagano, the Myershank Racing. I think that could potentially be a scenario we could see. Of course, this is all speculation, waiting for official announcements uh, from these race teams as we head into the final three weeks of the season, and more so as we head into the offseason. We do know there are two open cars officially right now for Ray Hall Leatherman Lanigan Racing. The number 30 car, which is currently driven by Takuma Sato. I think the odds are he'll be back in that race car. And then the number 45 car we talked about, which will be driven by Oliver Askew for the remaining three races of the season. Could that be Jack Harvey or Ryan Hunter Ray or Oliver Askew in that 45 car or Santino Ferrucci? Santino Ferrucci has been in that car several times as well. I think we do think Takuma Sato will be back in that number 30 car, the two-time winner of the Indianapolis 500-mile race. Dale Corn Racing, the 51, 52, and 53 no, I feel like that car, those cars change each and every week. Of course, you've had Romain Grosjean and Cody Ware and Pietro Fittipaldi. Uh, so we'll have to see what Dale Coring Racing slash Rick Ware Racing decides to do with their entries in 2022. Speaking of Andretti Allsport, we just talked about that 28 car from Ryan Hunter Ray uh, this year. He'll be leaving that ride. The 28 car will go to Romain Grosjean, so we know it will be Romain Grosjean, Alexander Rossi, Colton Herta, and who in that number 29 car? Could it be an Indy Lights driver? I think that's what they've been hinting, like Ryan Norman or somebody like that. Christian Lungard. We'll have to wait and see. Will Jimmy Johnson be full-time in that number 48 car for Chip Ganassi Racing, or will that be split again between he and Tony Kanan? We'll have to keep an eye on that. And if Jimmy decides to go full-time, like run the Indy 500, what will happen to Tony Kanan? Will there be another car for him? We'll keep an eye on that. The other question I have, what is Connor Daly's situation in 2022? Recently, it's been Carlin Racing, as we talked about on the Ovals. And then with Ed Carpenter racing for the Road Street and the Indianapolis 500. So what will his situation be in 2022? We'll keep an eye on that situation as well. Top Gun Racing, will they be back next year? R.C. Anderson has been their driver. Of course, they missed the Indy 500. Then they ran but struggled in the Grand Prix at Indianapolis back in middle of August. Parade of Autosports. 2022, they made in a great story. Qualified for the Indianapolis 500 this year with Simone de Silvestro. They did say they would not run any more races in 2021, but wanted to focus on 2022. Will Simone be back with Beth Peretta and that car? We'll just keep an eye on that. But some notable free agents I wrote down as far as drivers are concerned and you know where they will match in and how they will play out. We'll have to wait and see. But Takuma Sato... Santino Ferrucci, will he stay in IndyCar? Could he go over towards the NASCAR side? He's been doing a lot of NASCAR Xfinity Series races. Simon Pagano, he's leaving the 22 team for Penske. You would have to think he would be in the ride somewhere. Perhaps with Meyer Shank Racing, perhaps with somebody else. We'll have to wait and see. Ryan Norman is a driver we've been talked about. He was in Indy Lights. He's been doing some sports car racing. We talked about Tony Kanaan. We talked about Ryan Hunter Ray as he is a free agent now. Where will he end up? James Hinscliffe, not expected to be back in that number 29 car for Andretti Autosport with Genesis. We'll have to keep an eye on him. 
Christian Lungard, he ran a race. I believe that was a 45 car for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing at Indianapolis back in mid-August. They had a fantastic run. Great job qualifying as well. We talked about R.C. Enerson with Top Gun. Will that be his ride for 2022? Oliver Askew, who will be fin- finishing the season for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. Will he be in that ride? So we'll keep an eye on that, but we do know Officially, Romain Grosjean will take over that number 28 car for Andretti Autosport in 2022. That's the only thing we have on the IndyCar front as far as the silly season is concerned. Of course, we talked about Kurt Busch in NASCAR being the silly season updates here as we start to wind down with IndyCar. Three races to go. They'll be back in action a week from Sunday at Portland to begin their three-race West Coast Chase for the championship, if you will, with Portland, Laguna Seca in California, and then they'll go to Southern California for Long Beach, the streets of Long Beach, which is expected to move back to April next year, but that will be the championship race this year, kind of like St. Petersburg was the championship race in 2020. So that's the news as far as around the world of motorsports is concerned and comes in fact speculation on what might happen this offseason with the silly season on the IndyCar front. We'll try to get somebody to talk about that more going forward and what they hear and who might end up where. And we'll put those puzzle pieces and those musical chairs together in both NASCAR and IndyCar as we go forward. So let's recap what happened this past weekend. We'll start with the Kokomo SmackDown, which was a three-night affair, although it kind of turned into a one night and an afternoon and an evening, a three-session affair. It was rained down on Thursday night. They ran Friday night and then did an afternoon session on Saturday and a night session on Saturday night. And it's kind of like a total points. Chris talked about this last week. A total points event, kind of like a decathlon, I think, if you will, or a heptathlon at the Olympic Games. You get points for qualifying. You get points for heat races. You get points for your feature. You get points for every time you are on track. And so the winner at the end of the three-session, two-day affair was Justin Grant with 678 points, and we had a tie for a second with Logan Seavey and C.J. Leary. Tanner Thorson, very close there in fourth with 658 points, one point behind Seavey and Leary, and then Brady Bacon finished in the top five at the Kokomo SmackDown there, so that was uh, interesting to watch. I didn't get a chance to go up there. I know Chris and I talked about me going up there. Too much going on over the course of last weekend and uh, you know I thought maybe Friday night I could get up there but uh, just with the work week and then coming off an illness uh, didn't get a chance to get up there and then I had a big fantasy football draft on Saturday and that didn't end until about 7 o'clock or the time I got home was about 6.15 so uh, I had a busy weekend and then went up to help my girlfriend uh, move furniture and whatnot out of her late grandma's house. So didn't get a chance to get to the Kokomo Smackdown, as uh, Chris said. Uh, what was it? G-T-Y-A up to Kokomo. Get your you-know-what up to Kokomo, I think is their slogan up there. I'll try to get up there again at some point. It's a great racetrack up. US 31 here in Central Indiana. If you are listening to Central Indiana, you know all about it. If you're down in the Charlotte area, of course, uh, you know, think of it as like a mill bridge or uh, one of your famous d- dirt tracks out there. It's wild. It's fast. It's a great racetrack. But uh, Justin Grant winning the Kokomo SmackDown X10 this year for the United States Auto Club. 
And then NASCAR was at Daytona. IndyCar was off this weekend, as were Silver Crown. NASCAR Xfinity race, uh, it was a two-day affair as it started on Friday night. Brandon Jones uh, had some debris on his grill, led to some water issues early in the race there on lap number 10. And then the red flag came out on lap number 20 as uh, Noah Gregson and A.J. Allmendinger really dominated the first part of that race. And then they had rain at that the rain would stop, and then another cell came in and postponed to Saturday afternoon. And then it was a sort of wild Saturday afternoon, which was the first of a doubleheader with, of course, the Cup Series on Saturday night. But uh, A.J. Allmendinger won stage number one. Calig Racing started the show. It was really dominated by Calig Racing. They've been hot lately, of course, going back to Indianapolis, finishing second with A.J. Allmendinger on the road course and expanded the race, got their first Cup win. In the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard with A.J. Allmendinger. And then A.J. won again in the Xfinity race at Michigan last week. And Calig Racing went 1-2-3 in stage number two, of course, with A.J. Allmendinger, with Justin Haley, and with Jeb Burton. Jeb Burton got that win for Calig Racing in stage number two. And then they show their hands late again in stage number three. Justin Haley got the win, and they went three wide across the finish line. Thought they had a 1-2-3 finish at the end of that race, but Justin Allgaier got by Jeb Burton to get a third-place finish. So the winner was Justin Haley from Winnemac, Indiana. So now all three Kyle Racing cars have a win on the NASCAR Xfinity Series uh, season. Jeb Burton got the win at Talladega in the rain-shortened affair back in the spring A.J. Allmendinger got the win. He's actually had a few now, but notably last at Michigan last week. And then Justin Haley from Winnemac, Indiana. You could tell it was an emotional win for him. He was in tears at the end of that race to win at Daytona. He won the cup race at Daytona a couple years ago in a lightning and rain-shortened affair uh, back in 2019 when Kurt Busch decided to give up the, the lead to Pitt. And then the lightning hit. Of course, you had to hit the lightning clock and the red flag, and then never got restarted. So... Justin Haley shows how good of a speedway driver he is. Now he locks himself into the playoff. He probably would have anyways. He was 200 points above the bubble. But Justin Haley got the win. A.J. Allmendinger, another fantastic finish. He was second. Justin Algar got by Jeb Burton there at the line. Jeb Burton was fourth. So two other drivers locked themselves into the Xfinity playoffs, even if they haven't won but by points, both of whom Drive for Joe Gibbs Racing, Daniel Hemrick and Harrison Burton. Those drivers are now in with Austin Sindrick, Myatt Snyder, A.J. Allmendinger, Justin Algaier, Jeb Burton, and Justin Haley, who now all have wins on the season. They will head to Darlington on Saturday afternoon for a 200-mile race, the Sports Clips 200. That will be a 3.30 start on NBCSN Saturday afternoon for the NASCAR Xfinity Series as they will have... Three ra- they have three races to go in the regular season as they will run at Darlington and then Richmond and then Bristol will be their playoff deciding race and set the lineup of 12 and their regular season, or I should say their playoffs, will start at Las Vegas at the end of the month. NASCAR Cup Series race at Daytona on Saturday night. Chase Elliott, Joe Logano, they share leads at the end of Stage 1. And uh, they shared the leads because they both ended up with debris on the grill. It seemed like whoever uh, was leading the race ended up with debris. And so they had to give up the lead to get that off and kind of suck up to the car in front of them to change the air pressure and get that off. But Chase Elliott 
Got the win in stage number one at Daytona on Saturday night. There was a crash on lap number 78. Eric Amarola had some damage. Alex Bowman spun. Joe Degano got the win in stage number two. And then the final stage was pretty interesting. You thought you'd have the manufacturers all pit at the same time. The Fords all came down pit road with 38 laps to go, but the Chevrolets and the Toyotas stayed out. And what happened? There was a caution with 20 to go as all three wear racing cars were involved in a crash. And so not a good night for Rick Ware Racing there at Daytona. Everybody else came down pit road. And, uh, of course, you had mixed strategies between 0, 2, and 4 tires for the Chevrolets and Toyotas who hadn't pitted yet. The Fords all stayed out because they just pitted 18 laps earlier. There was a big crash with 15 laps to go leading to a red flag a couple of laps later involving like guys like Tyler Reddick involved in that. Tyler Reddick, he was on the playoff bubble with teammate Austin Dillon going into that race. So could that be a problem for Tyler Reddick? Well, stay tuned here in a moment. Uh, Joey Logano was leading late in that race, looking good, good for him, and then a tire goes down on that number 22, Shell Pennzoil Penske Racing Ford. And so Joey Logano uh, gives up the lead, and his race is pretty much done. Uh, there was a big crash with three laps to go. Matt, Matty DiBenedetto got into Chase Elliott uh, by blocking. There was a lot of blocking there at the end of that race, as you might imagine, at these uh, what used to be restrictor plate races. Now it's the lower downforce package racing to keep the packs uh, together. And then there was a big crash at the end with Kevin Harvick, Daniel Suarez, and others. Ryan Blaney. Got the win, his second win in a row for Team Penske as he won at Michigan last week. Now won at Daytona, and Tyler Reddick did get in on points as Austin Dillon had some issues as well. So Tyler Reddick, the last driver into the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, and so the playoff field is set. Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell, William Byron, Kyle Larson, Martin Trex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Alex Bowman, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and Tyler Reddick will be the 16 drivers and teams to battle for a championship in 2021. It will start with the Southern 500 at Darlington coming up on Sunday night, a 6 o'clock start on NBCSN. And, of course, four drivers will be eliminated each round. The first round will consist of Darlington, and then they will head to Richmond International Raceway, the three-quarters of a mile short track, and then an even smaller short track, Bristol. Imagine the uh, what could happen to Bristol as they cut off race in, ra- in round number one here in a couple of weeks. So it's important to get off to a good start at Darlington. And all three racetracks are known for being absolutely chaotic when it comes to what could happen there. Of course, you have the Lady in Black, the track too tough to tame. That sort of runs like a short track because everybody runs up against the outside wall, uh, sort of a one-groove racetrack. And then you have Richmond and Bristol as well. So it should be a very entertaining first round for the NASCAR Cup Series. NASCAR trucks back in action this weekend at Darlington. They will start a doubleheader day Sunday, a 1.30 green flag on Fox Sports 1 Sunday afternoon as well. Their second race in the playoffs for the truck series. Of course, Sheldon Creed won at Worldwide Technology Raceway a couple weeks ago. He is the only driver locked into the second round of the playoffs. We had several drivers with issues at Worldwide Technology Raceway, as Chris and I uh, documented last week. But guys like Todd Gilland, Zane Smith had issues. Carson Hosover had issues early. 
and John Hunter Nemechek all had issues as well. So they are kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. See if one of those can get to victory lane at Darlington on Sunday afternoon to get into the second round. Shelton Cree will start on the pole for that race as well on Sunday afternoon. So looking ahead to this weekend as we begin to wind things up here on a kind of a short show or a abbreviated show this week since it's just me, no guests either this week. Uh, the treble hitter we've talked about, NASCAR Xfinity Series, 3.30 on Saturday on NBCSN from Darlington for 200 miles. The Truck Series will run 200 miles on Sunday afternoon at 1.30 on Fox Sports 1. And then the 72nd running of the Southern 500, 6 o'clock on NBCSN. They are doing something cool, a playoff party after the Xfinity race on Saturday night. Some of the broadcasters from NBC, NASCAR on NBC, will be doing a Q&A. Uh, Saturday night in the midway after the Xfinity race and a concert perhaps as well. I might have to go check that out on Saturday night, but I'm very much looking forward to making my first ever trip to Darlington Raceway. It's a track I've always wanted to go to. Going to be leaving early Saturday morning after I call a football game from Monrovia High School on Friday night for the public address system there, making my varsity football debut Friday night and leave early Saturday morning in time for the Xfinity race and then maybe check out that party before I go to my hotel in Columbia, South Carolina. There is a football game at South Carolina in Columbia on Saturday night, but I'm going to bypass that and just take in the racing this weekend. I've kind of done a different racetrack. It's kind of become yearly now, going back to 2017 when I went to St. Pete for the IndyCar Series and then 2018 went to the Phoenix International Raceway for NASCAR and also Iowa Speedway for the first time, went to the Roval for the first time in 2019, and then Worldwide Technology Raceway in 2020. So this will continue that straight going to Darlington and my third crown jewel event for NASCAR, if you still count the Brickyard 400 at Indianapolis. I've been to the Daytona 500 a couple of times, so the Southern 500 will be the third crown jewel event. I've been to the Bristol Night Race back in 2005 as well, so count that up there. The other racetrack I really want to get to is Talladega. That could perhaps be a good bachelor party location uh, if I get to that point. Perhaps maybe next year, but the Talladega Super Speedway is very much well known. Then the other Crown Jewel event that I don't know how I'll get to it because it's the same night as the Indianapolis 500 here in Indianapolis is the Coca-Cola 600 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Maybe if I get a chance to broadcast that or just have to you know, rip off the band-aid and say I'm going to miss the Indy 500 and just go down to the Coca-Cola 600 and do it. So <laughs> that might be the only opportunity or the only option I had to get to the Coca-Cola 600 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. I've been to a 500-mile race on the Oval at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, but not the Coca-Cola 600, which everybody knows and loves down in the Charlotte area. So let's look ahead this weekend. We already talked about NASCAR. USAC, the Silver Crown Series, they were run at the DeCoin State Fairgrounds on Saturday, the Ted Horn 100. Coming up this weekend, the Midgets will be at the Angel Park Speedway in Wisconsin. And we also talked about the U.S. Nationals coming up this weekend at Lucas Oil Raceway in Brownsburg, Indiana. The Big Go, the Indy 500 of drag racing. We talked about that coming up really beginning. It really began today with some lower level tiers and then really beginning tomorrow and Friday as you get into the nitro levels with the funny car and the 
top fuel dragsters, which are unbelievable. You know, the one year I went a couple of years ago, I finally got a chance to go to the U.S. Nationals, and that was still when the race was held on Labor Day Monday. It's been moved to Sunday. We talked to Casey about that a few weeks ago. If you want to go back and listen to that podcast with Casey Kohler when we remembered Bob Jenkins, we had Casey and we had Doug Rice on that program. But I think it was to give teams an extra day and also Fox an open window on Sunday. So that's why they moved the race to Sunday instead of Monday, which had been tradition for years and years and years and years. So John Forrest did win the funny car race when I won. So that was pretty cool uh, to see John Forrest, one of the greats and one of the legends of drag racing, get the win in my only U.S. Nationals, uh, not parents, because I didn't race by any stretch of the imagination, but my spectating at the U.S. Nationals, which is only a few miles from my apartment. So that was uh, quite cool. And you can hear those dragsters from my apartment as well. So I'm sure I'll step out of the apartment here, uh, either to and from work or doing work or whatever, and you can hear the rim, 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 and the quick drag of those uh, race cars. So it's quite cool to hear those dragsters as well. But this year I decided to go down to Darlington Raceway and the Southern 500 coming up this weekend, something I've always wanted to do, and the race I've always wanted to check out, one of the crown jewels in NASCAR and the season opener, a great race to be the NASCAR Cup Series season opener. So I think that will do it here for this week's edition, kind of short and sweet, and then we'll have more time to uh, really get back to it, and I think Chris and I's schedule really does open up next week, because next week I won't have a Ball State football game to go to, and one less volleyball game to do as well next week. So it should be back hopefully next Tuesday for another edition of the Racing Hub Spit Report. But hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. And so we kind of say goodbye to summer. It's been feeling fantastic now here in Indianapolis. The cold front came through. The humidity has dropped. Highs in the 70s, low 80s after a week and month, really, of 90s. So it's been feeling great in local or here locally, I should say, in central Indiana. I know it's going to be still warmer as I go down to South Carolina. I think highs in the upper 80s, low 90s this weekend for NASCAR race weekend down there. But Labor Day weekend, uh, hopefully you enjoy it with friends and family and, and do a barbecue, last chance for pools. I know especially around here, the pools will begin to close after this coming weekend as well. So enjoy the last blast, if you will, of summer. Speaking of Blast, they used to have a Sky Contra event, which was a fireworks show downtown, sort of like the 4th of July, but uh, they got rid of that a number of years ago. The Indians still in action this weekend here locally as well, playing the Iowa Cubs. Wilson Contreras for the Chicago Cubs, making some rehab starts for Iowa. So he is in town here in Indianapolis for those of you around who are Cubs fans and want to check out the Indianapolis Indians this weekend. I think he's in town for one more night on Thursday before he heads back to Chicago this weekend to rejoin the Major League Ball Club as well. So that will really do it for the Racing Hubs Fit Report. I look forward to talking with you next week and my experiences with the Darlington Raceway, what I think of it, the food down there. And uh, so we'll hear about that. We'll hear from Chris Wilner as well, his uh, wedding planning, his trip to Indianapolis this weekend. He and I sort of switching places this week, I'm going to the Carolinas. Chris is up here, as he was on a flight this afternoon with Maggie, who ended her television career last night down in Charlotte, and going to do the next phase of her career. So congratulations to Maggie 
uh, Chris's fiance on 11 great years in the news business as a producer, notably Emmy award-winning producer in Texas, Indianapolis, and in Charlotte. So we'll talk to you next week. Chris Wilner will rejoin us next week as well. Maybe we'll scrounge up a guest and we'll see about that. So hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. I'm Brad Huber. This has been the Racing Hub Spit Report.